squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ow. Hey. Hey, does, uh, is there anything else we can do for uh, Zelensky there in Ukraine? Does he need a massage? Does he need a new pool? What? I mean, this, uh, two and a half billion more uh, tanks, artillery. Uh, I, uh, I, when do we say enough? Huh? When do we? I, I don't trust Ukraine for a moment. I love the Ukrainian people. Hey, I love the Russian people, the people, the governments. They're all crazy. They're all corrupt. Ukraine was one of the most corrupt countries on earth. Still probably is. And why do you think, uh, Hunter, Hunter Biden was uh, working over there? How did he get that job? Why did Joe Biden go there three days before he left the vice presidency? You know, when Biden left in 2017, nobody expected Biden to come back, right? Biden? He was 76 years old as it was. I mean, that's it, right? Congratulations. You had a nice life. It's one of the reasons why Obama was said to have picked him in the first place. He didn't want a guy who was uh, going to, you know, outflank him or outmaneuver him or, you know, scheme or, you know, to, for his own presidential or her own presidential ambitions. He went to Ukraine 10 seconds before he leaves office. That's so weird. It's so I don't want I, enough with this money. I'm sorry. I hate war. I do. Uh, at some point, you're on your own. Uh yeah, remember, remember, it wouldn't have happened if Trump were in office. And by the way, speaking of Trump, wow. Now we got to get him back on Twitter. He must be back on Twitter and Facebook. I know Twitter's allowed him back. I don't know about Facebook. Is that in the works? Got to get him back on Twitter. And here's why. Do you realize, and, and I, I like the people who are running Truth Social, and I got a Truth Social account. We got to support Truth Social. But just a little while, a couple, like five hours ago, President Trump retruthed me. He put a statement, he put a, um, my video from last night, my A block from last night on the Newsmax show. He put the whole thing on his truth social site, right? Right there. And it's just like Twitter, except it's not as popular. Sorry, it's not as popular. And I love truth social. We got a long term. I think it's going to possibly be bigger than Twitter. But right now it's not there. So the president retruths me and I didn't know. I was on, I was online all morning long. I've been like stunning doing stuff and watching the, the news and I didn't know nobody. Um, accidentally somebody mentioned it just five minutes ago. I'm like, they said Trump retruthed you this morning. I'm like, what? He did? No, it's not the first time, but it was like five, five hours ago. I didn't know it. And um, it's interesting. We got to get him back on Twitter. Love True Social. True Social is going to be around for a long time. He could truth it, then he can tweet it, right? Uh, I think that's a that's a great plan, and uh, we got to make that happen. Hey, it's Friday, and you know what that means? You can't get any work done from uh, your federal government. Do you want a passport uh, this weekend? No, you'll have to wait until Monday. No big deal, right? I love this. The federal government closes down every single weekend, and it's no big deal, right? Yet somehow a government shutdown would have been the most ruinous, calamitous thing ever, a government shutdown. And it's true. A lot of conservatives, a lot of people I know and like, 
signed up for that. Why? Where have they been co-opted? Tom Cotton, I love him. I think he's got integrity. He's off the charts brilliant. But he's a United States senator now. What ha- is there something in the water there? That omnibus package, 4,000 freaking pages. That's not American. That's, that's a monstrosity. That is some dystopian weirdo should be science fiction, futuristic, totalitarian government. That's how they pass legislation. But us, it's not supposed to be like that. It's, not, it's just like, we have a discussion about this. We vote on, do we want to vote? Do we want $10 million for the, I don't know, the, the Al Sharpton Civil Rights Center in Harlem? No, <laughs> we don't want that. I want to vote against it. Hey, 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 Al Sharpton. Isn't it amazing we live in a world where Al Sharpton is like a big deal in the Democrat Party, where a president of the United States went to uh, the National Action Network? In Washington, D.C., I guess they have an outpost there. Also one in in Harlem. Ever been there? I've been there. Uh, they're not doing too much, all right? That money is uh, not being put to good use. I know that. And everybody else does, too. All right, what else do we have? Uh, you heard about Biden, his, uh, his latest denial. Oh, first, did we already handle that thing with Nikki Haley? I am sick of her. I am sick of all these rhinos. These people who are given amazing opportunities from Trump. I'll talk more about it in the next hour. I don't like them. I think they, they owe Trump to sit this one out, to sit it out. And oh, by the way, the Democrats, the way they have it schemed, all gamed out. I don't know if we're going to win an election for a long time. I, I don't. I don't. I wish it weren't. I wish that weren't the case. Um, all right. Back to the, the document situation with Joe. Here he is uh, speaking. I think this is the third time he's spoken publicly. He riffs for the first two seconds, and then he reads from a lawyer's statement. The president of the United States has to read from a script from his lawyers. Cut 11, please. Cut 11. Oh, cut 11 on page 20. Cut 11 on page 20. Yes. Well, we can do it some other time. All right, we'll do it some other time. <laughs> As we found, uh, we found a handful of documents were failed, uh, were filed in the wrong place. We immediately turned them over to the archives and the Justice Department. We're fully cooperating, looking forward to getting this resolved quickly. I think you're going to find there's nothing there. I have no regrets. I'm following what the lawyers have told me they want me to do. It's exactly what we're doing. There's no there there. No there there. Um uh, that's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it with uh, Congressman Comer and Jim Jordan. Is that it? We did everything right. No regrets. No regrets. That sounds like something you say as you're on your way to jail. All right. That sounds like uh, I, I, I didn't do anything wrong. There's something I don't know. I think that's the denials are fishy. Everything about it is fishy. Um, I do suddenly see all of these National security experts stepping forward and saying it's no big deal suddenly classified documents. Ah, you know, everything's classified. They do too much of it. Um, it's you really, you cut these people slack at this level. Uh, all presidents have, um, vice presidents take stuff with them. It's not a big deal. Remember, 
I mean, they'd still want to indict Donald Trump for that. And they sent in the FBI. Talk about corrupt. The FBI. You know who's over there at Davos? Uh, Christopher Ray. Christopher Ray is in Davos. What the hell is he doing there? Shouldn't he back, be back here hassling uh, people who had spray paint on January 6th? I mean, isn't that what, really what the FBI's priority is? What's he doing over there? I'll tell you what he's doing. He's networking for himself. Not for the government. Oh, I do know that this is a perfect time for him to get into a FBI jet. The FBI, you know what? I should call Jim, I should call, ask Jim Jordan, take that silly jet away from, uh, it should be illegal for any FBI director to fly in a jet owned by the government. He doesn't need that. It's an administrative job. You do it at headquarters. Well, what about the field offices? What about the agents? Zoom. If you want to meet him so bad, Zoom. Something tells me you don't. I don't think you're going to be doing too many Zoom meetings with your FBI agents. But you do like to get on that jet. Hmm. I don't like that. It's funny. Um, Jim Comey, when he got fired, you know where he was? On the FBI jet. That's why these guys take these jobs. That's what they want. And they love the security. Oh, do they love the security. And speaking of security... You know, after January 6th, we all have to be very careful, right? January 6th changed everything. Um, everything. And it's right out of the Donald Trump playbook, right? Isn't that what they say? Now, did you hear that there was a guy um, arrested in New Mexico? He ran for office as a Republican. He lost by a lot. He's mad, and uh, allegedly he hired some guy to shoot at the homes of Democrat officials. Oh, my God. Can you believe this in America? Cut 41, page 20. Just two months after losing his election for the New Mexico State House, the Republican candidate is being accused of orchestrating a plan to shoot at the homes of four Democratic officials. Pena lost his race decisively by nearly 50 percentage points, but still falsely claims it was rigged. Oh, my goodness gracious. And he, Wow, that is so intense. And you know what? If it wasn't for Donald Trump, this wouldn't be happening. Right, fake news? Morning, Mika, cut 42. What happened to Gretchen Whitmer? What yep. happened on January 6th? We could go on and on and on. And what's the common de- denominator here? The common denominator is Donald J. Trump. Okay. And in New Mexico, what we're seeing here is a little mini January 6th with the Trump playbook. Okay. Donald Trump is responsible for some maniac, uh, in, in New Mexico, right? And here's the New Mexico Secretary of State. And we need to crack down on those maniacs. And anybody who even thinks anything that they disagree with. Cut 43, please. We also need to continue to raise the call for this rhetoric to stop, for the lies and the mis- and disinformation to stop, because we know that it is radicalizing people into political violence. It's like this country has never seen political violence before. This is a phenomenon created by Donald Trump in January 6th. Well, um, as I illustrated rather brilliantly last night on the uh, Newsmax show, uh, political violence has always been there long before Donald Trump came about. And it's usually uh, perpetrated by nuts and kooks. It's a big country. There are a lot of kooks out there. Who remembers Gabby Giffords, right? The congresswoman from Arizona who was 
shot, severely wounded by a maniac, happened at the shopping mall in Tucson in 2011. Now, back then, you know who they blamed? Sarah Palin. Okay. Uh, now it's Donald Trump's fault. All right. What about a time uh, much earlier and much further away from Washington, D.C.? It actually happened here in New York City in 2003. Did you know a Democrat who ran for city council shot a Democrat councilman? It happened. It happened in July of 2003, right here in New York City, in City Hall. Cut 44, please. This is reporting from PIX11. I saw City Hall completely surrounded by police. All the surrounding streets were shut down. The subway system underneath City Hall shut down. The Brooklyn Bridge shut down. I had never seen anything like this in my life, in my career. It was a harrowing ordeal that seemed almost surreal. They cut into programming and said shots fired inside City Hall. Councilman dead. Brooklyn Councilman James Davis, a former police officer, died from two gunshots to the chest. That was awful news. But he was shot by a Democrat maniac who wanted to run for office. They kicked him off the ballot because he did not have enough signatures or the problem with the signatures. Democrats have been shooting Democrats uh, over political spats for a very, very long time. Now, who remembers, if if you're old enough, in San Francisco back in 1978, the mayor of San Francisco was shot by a Democrat who actually held office. He was like the one of the supervisors in San Francisco, shot Mayor Moscone and Harvey Milk, who was a big deal back then, shot him dead. A guy named Dan White did it, Democrat. And Dianne Feinstein uh, broke the news to the world. It was pretty, uh, she's totally, um, sh- you know, shocked in this moment. Listen, cut 45. I'm As president of the Board of Supervisors, it's my duty to make this announcement. Both Mayor Moscone and Supervisor Harvey Milk have been shot and killed. Oh, she goes on to say, and the the suspect is uh, Dan White, Supervisor Dan White. Democrat, oh, by the way. You're going to blame Trump for that one as well, huh? I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. What's going on? The White House guy is speaking. This is this is the Corrine Jean-Pierre deputy. Um, oh, what's he talking about? What is the level of frustration here at the White House over Germany's position on giving tanks to Ukraine, especially since Germany doesn't have to give their own tanks. They just have to allow another country to, to send tanks to Ukraine. We're working um, not only in lockstep with the Ukrainians, but with allies and partners all over the world. And, and, uh, and these are all decisions that each nation makes for itself, sovereign decisions. We aren't arm-twisting, uh, and nobody's arm-twisting us. We are working uh, 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 inside what what you could consider a coalition of the willing here to provide Ukraine with the defense. Don't say coalition of the willing. Stop, uh, stop, 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 stop. Coalition of the willing. Coalition of the willing. That's that silly uh, so-called partnership with all the countries to go into Iraq. 
And we counted like Micronesia and all these weird places who gave us like you know, lunch money for two days. <laughs> we called it a coalition of the willing. We did all the work in Iraq. We did. That's on us. Coalition of the willing. Talking about, all right, who are we trying to get to help us? I guess Germany. And Germany's probably too smart for this stuff. Although they weren't too smart for Trump, right? Oh boy, Angela Merkel. <laughs> all right, so it's two years ago today that Joe Biden became president. And um, they they put out a phony baloney video of Joe having lunch with Kamala Harris. You tell me it's to, it's who talks like this? This is this is fake. We all grown up. We know what reality looks like. Go ahead. All right. Okay. Hey team. Hi guys. How are you? What do you think? I think we're off to a pretty good start. I think we're off to a great start. I mean, Hard to believe it's two years, huh? Well, just remember where we started and all that was happening in our country. And I think the thing that has motivated us is the resilience, the determination of the American people. Yeah, they stuck with right? us. I, mean, I, well. I wish people could see what I see sometimes. Yeah. I've been in the Oval Office with you when the cameras are there and mostly when the cameras are not. And what you have singularly done, based on who you are, and I mean this in all sincerity, to bring together nations, allies in the world, and you bring folks together in a bipartisan way. And they're pretty bold about their lies, huh? <laughs> well, we see what's happening, and we see that's phony, okay? We've seen enough desperate housewives. We know what's phony. We know what's real. You guys are phony. Unfortunately, tens of millions of people have bought it because they're drugged up and dependent on the government, and they like it that way. Well, we don't like it that way, and we're going to change it. Right? Right? Tell me I'm right. I'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, bless her heart. Nikki Haley, she's good fun. She wants to be president, huh? I don't think so. I don't think so. We'll get to the uh, the big interview she did. Oh, she's taking a bold step. No, no, she does not have it. Uh, cut the crap, okay? She's... Uh, I mean, you tell me, this doesn't this sound like a fourth grade teacher? This is no president. Sorry, Nikki. This stuff may uh, play in the sticks, but it's not going to work with us. Can we hear this a little bit? Just a little bit. All right. Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina, career politician, by the way, looks in the mirror and sees a president. I do not. Go ahead. You said after the holidays that you would look at it, consider it. You would read the tea leaves in your words. Uh, we are in the new year. How are those tea leaves looking? Are you going to run for president? Well, I'm not going to make an announcement here. But when you're looking at a run for president, you look at two things. You first look at, does the current situation push for new leadership? The second question is, am I that person that could be that new leader? That yes, we need to go in a new direction. And can I be that leader? Yes, I think I can be that leader. I think I, I can be that governor. leader. 
I took on a hurting state with double-digit unemployment, and we made it the beast of the southeast. As ambassador, um, you know, I took on the world when they tried to disrespect us, and I think I showed what I'm capable of at the United Nations. So do I think I could be that leader? Yes. Oh, gosh. Just listen to yourself. And we'll figure it out. I've never (laughs) lost a race. I said that then. I still say that now. I'm not going to lose now. Oh, you go, girl. All right, enough with you. Enough. Uh we made it the beast of the southeast that's a real applause line for the you know for the pta all right it's not going to work it's not going to work uh how did you make it the beast of the southeast by the way well uh boeing they they make their airplanes in south carolina uh mercedes they make their cars and suvs here and bmw as well um yeah, but they made those arrangements before you became governor. <laughs> she always leaves that part out. What's the other thing? Oh, she was worked at the United Nations. So what do you do with the United Nations as the ambassador? You think you're uh, creating foreign policy on your own from some office in New York? No. You raise your hand when the Secretary of State and the President tell you to raise your hand. It is a political gift that was given to you by Trump, and here you are. This is how you repay him, huh? I don't like it. Lenny in uh, Jersey City, how are you? Hey, Greg, I just want to let you know that you're a patriot and brilliant, and I'm going to buy, when I get a chance, to buy your book as well. Hey, thank you. I'm counting on you, man. That book is doing all right. we got to get it up there. Uh, uh, What's it called again? Oh, yeah, (laughs) Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement, and boy, are they wrong. Um, And I'm very proud, of, quite frankly, of the George Floyd chapter. Everybody's still afraid to talk about George. Everybody's got to say off the bat, oh, you know, it... My God, it's a horrible tragedy. You know what? It's a horrible tragedy that he chose a life of crime, that he chose a life of drugs, okay? That he had that panic attack in the back of the uh, police car, and they um, took mercy on him and put him on the ground. Yes, they did. They always leave that part out of the story. And it's a tragedy that he made the decisions he made. All right, I'm sorry, Lenny. Keep going, and thank you for that. I called you about a year ago, and I suggested at that time that the Republicans, just like the Democrats, should play the race card. And just listening to your last episode on Newsmax with Candace Owens, the girl is brilliant. Trump should talk to her. And I'm telling, I know I'll never be able to talk to the president, but I bet you have his ear. And she would be a slam dunk. She's a, she's a fighter. She's articulate. She's attractive. And she's the whole package. All right. I agree she is uh, a dynamo, and I am so impressed. And, oh, by the way, we can be impressed when a certain black person is so eloquent and so amazing with the language that they they rise to a level like you can say she's incredibly articulate. Do you realize, Lenny, that there are people out there, the wokesters on the left, who say you cannot say that a black person is articulate? Or well-spoken. You never would have said that about a white person. What are you talking about? There's no racial connotation with the word articulate. She is an amazing communicator. Amazing. Off the charts. God gifted. But they say you can't say that. It's amazing, actually. I remember sitting with my dad watching uh, This Week with David Brinkley. It was like 1981. And he was really amazed and impressed at the time with George Will, how articulate the guy was. Now, granted, George Will would <laughs> he would write all week long. It was very easy to sound articulate after you've been writing all week long. Anyway, I agree. But you know what? For president, dude, I don't know about that. 
I don't know. And here's why. When she gets up there, well, let's go back to Trump. When Trump got up there in 2015 and made that speech, you know what he could say safely and truthfully? I created a huge business. I hired thousands upon thousands of people. Nobody has created jobs like me. You know, he can, he could say that. He could point to that. So what is she going to be able to point to? I'm a good speaker. Fantastic. I'm a truth teller. That's great too. You can have a thriving talk show. You can have a mega Instagram account. But I think she's got to bring a bit more to the table and maybe she will someday. You know what really impressed me? Uh, she was on my show actually about a year ago and she said, I'm hiring a tutor because I'm thinking about becoming president. And there are subjects on which I'd not, you know, sufficiently uh, informed. I thought that was pretty cool. Do you know what I mean about Trump? He could say that. You got to be able to say, I am worthy of the presidency because of this. And I don't think she can say that yet. I don't mean to rain on your parade, but uh, Lenny? you got to play the race card just like they do. Greg. I don't want to play the race. No, we're not playing the race. I do say this. It's in my book, by the way. We got to be careful. I mean, not careful. We got to be actually more uh, bold. And I'm talking about anybody who's a conservative, no matter what your race is, talking about race. When they start talking about race, they create all the rules. I'm serious. If you were a celebrity, you said you'll never talk to Trump. If you were a celebrity and you just right now said that uh, Candace Owens is uh, articulate, they would have made a big deal about that. Now, you and I both know she is off the charts, and it's a uh, you were it's, it's it's valid to say that. Uh, by the way, if you do want to play racial politics, and people do play racial politics all the time, it's, there are other people to pick who are more accomplished than Candace Owens, who happen to be black. Uh, let's see, Congress uh, Congressman Byron Donalds. We've got uh, Senator Tim Scott. We've got Dr. Ben Carson, one of my personal favorites. Um, but I, part of me, it's just uncomfortable. Like, you know, here I am rattling off all the black people. How about all the qualified people? You know what I mean? Of which there are plenty of black and Asians. So Lenny, I don't know. I think Candace needs, uh, you know, 10 or 20 years. She needs to start a business. She needs to do something else other than be, you know, a dynamic speaker who is a truth teller. It's great, but I don't think it's worthy of the presidency. Okay. Presidency. (laughs) What? All right. Listen, take care. Good luck with everything. Hey, wait a second. Where are you going? I feel like you're rushing me off the phone. (laughs) I'm only kidding. All right. Thanks, pal. Thanks. Um, That is an interesting idea about uh, Candace Owens. And when she speaks, it is, what do they say? It's like, she's anointed. She's anointed. You know, it's like, you hear God when you hear her speak. It really is something else. Uh, let's try Michael in Rockaway Beach. How you doing, Greg? Happy Friday. Yes, you too. Um, the thing that I want to bring up that really annoys the crap out of me, mm. you got Democrats like Swalwell sleeping with a Chinese spy. You have Frank and Feinstein, Diane out there in California with a Guy on, his staff that, guy on our staff that was uh, also a Chinese spy. And there's no demands for them to resign from Congress. But this guy Santos, granted, what he did was wrong. But they're all over him. The media's all over him constantly demanding he resign. <laughs> yeah, really, no. My skin, really. 
I agree. I like the guy, actually. Give him a break. Uh, you know, the, the lies told by Joe Biden, I mean, he's told them, uh, he told them as a sitting U.S. senator running for president, uh, I, I, what lie did he tell? What lie? I know he probably at this point, you know, there's enough smoke. Did he scam somebody? What lie did he actually tell? Tell me the lies. I guess the latest lie is I didn't dress up in girls' clothes. He should have just owned it. Uh, dressing up in girls' clothes these days, you know, he might have, uh, anyway, what? What did he do? Well, you know, he lied about his educational background. He lied about working for Goldman Sachs. He lied about a lot of things. I know, but I got to tell you, did he, did he put it on the website? Did he just have it on yeah. the website? Because I've not heard him say, I am a proud graduate of Baruch College. I have not heard him say that. Now, I understand there's a tape out there. We almost played it last night, but I didn't hear it, where he says he has an NBA from uh, from NYU. But I just don't – I have not yet heard him say, and I'm sure it's out there, but I don't think he should resign either. And they are having – because they don't want to talk about substance. The media never want to talk about substance. They And this is an easy story for them to understand uh, and, and hounding that guy. You know, he's been a congressman for, what, two weeks. He's the least important person in Washington. And they're treating him like he's, um, you know, the chief justice of the Supreme Court caught with his pants down. I mean, it's ludicrous. Thank you. Um, thank you very much. What was I going to say about Rush Limbaugh? Uh, we miss him. We miss him. Did I tell you I'm actually pretty friendly with David Limbaugh, his, his, uh, his brother? I am. And in honor of uh, Rush, I always think about him on Fridays in particular because that's when he used, that's when he went to the phones more than usual. And uh, I'll do the same thing for the rest of the, uh, let's try Rex in New York. Hi, Rex. Rex, what kind hey, of name? Greg. That's a cool name, by the way. Is, Thank you, sir. I appreciate all what, you and your dad have done for New York and the uh, country. Great job. Thank you. And uh, I had an idea that I, I hope somebody's already thought of. Uh, Zelensky in the Ukraine, have they approached the Taliban to buy some or more of the military supplies that we stupidly left there under old Joe Biden? <laughs> we, we get the equipment back to, you know, the good guys, sort of, the Ukrainians. <laughs> and if somehow they get blown up along the way, oh, gee, too bad. But at least the bad guys don't have them. <laughs> Helicopters, ammo. Yeah. I would, I would hope that they've been looking at that. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a great idea. No, I know. It's, uh, can you believe it? Can you believe Afghanistan? I think about Afghanistan, uh, just about every day. And we have people with a straight face saying that Joe Biden is doing a, an amazing job. I'll play it tonight. I saw Mika and Morning Joe go on and on about his legislative prowess and his brilliance, and you underestimate him at your own peril. The whole damn system was propping him up. It's nothing. Useful idiot is the phrase that comes to mind for Joe Biden. Hey, seriously, Rex, what is, uh, what's the origin of Rex? What is the, is, is Rex short for something? How does it work? Uh, it's actually, uh, well, I know it means king in Latin, and my father, and this is something that I guess would be perfect for you, my dad's cousin, in World War II, his job was to test a test pilot for planes that had been shot down or weren't working for whatever reason. And, of course, a job that you think would be dangerous like that, he actually died on a bridge in a car accident with his wife and their dog, which oh. I hope wasn't named Rex as well. But but he was Rex Saffold, 
And uh, but anyway, that's kind of the he wanted to name me in honor of his uh, cousin. I love it, Rex King in Latin. Who knew? And it's not short for anything. It's not like Rexifer Rex. It's Rex, right? Yeah, just that. It is a kick-ass name. I'm surprised there aren't more Rexes around. And what an interesting story. Thank you, Rex. And it reminds me, actually, uh, my dad knew somebody in Vietnam, and they were in real combat together. My dad saw intense combat, but this one guy, uh, he had like three days of liberty. He's still in Vietnam. And you know how he died? In a donut eating contest. Can you believe that? He, he had a heart attack during a donut eating contest uh, at the old club, apparently. I just, oh, gosh. Uh, how do you, anyway, um, not everybody, um, you know, not everybody's John Wayne, right? Not everybody's John Wayne. <sighs> what are we going to do here about, uh, oh, the right to life thing is happening in uh, Washington, D.C. I'll talk about that later. Uh, Trump is right about the evangelicals not supporting him, and they should. This is the guy. He did so much for the right to life movement after 50 years of having these marches. Donald Trump changed everything, everything, and they stayed home during the 2022 midterms. There's so much they could have been doing that they didn't do. Mm, what else did we do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we played. Uh, here's Kareem Jean-Pierre getting snippy and snappy with reporters. One of Joe Biden's many problems is he can't spin or talk his way out of that, uh, out of this himself. And nobody else, his spokesman, can't seem to do it either. Cut 24. Did you or did you not know about the additional? I, I already, I literally just answered that question. But I, I, I missed just, it. So is it yes or well, no? Well, I, I mean, you're you're not too far sitting next to her. So I was very clear. I provided I provided the information that you all had at the time, did you and know? I confirmed. No, I did not know. I'm saying I had the information. I actually said this to Cecilia. I had the information that you all had at the time, right? And so this is why I also said to Cecilia. This is why. We are trying to be very prudent here. Mm, she's not good. Uh, she's not good. And here's why she's not good. That whole thing about being a black. Did I play this yesterday? The black gay immigrant woman thing. It's a black gay immigrant woman. And uh, that's why she should be the press secretary. Uh, just ask her. Cut 25. I am a black gay immigrant woman, the first of all three of those to hold this position. Can we talk about you as a trailblazer, the first black, the first immigrant, the first openly gay person to hold the job of White House press secretary? Any young, young girl or young boy, when they look up, they see me, that they know that they can dream big and even dream bigger. There's a knowingness that you are different and you're trying to figure out. And at 16, I came out to my mom. She did not take it very well. I said to her that I was a lesbian, that I was gay. Mm. Who cares? <laughs> this is America, baby. Unless you're looking for a date, unless you want, I mean, what? why would you talk about your sexuality orientation from that podium, that podium? And this was, it wasn't just when she became the press secretary. This is a, this is the tune she was singing all along. Um, just one more here. Cut 26, please. Cut 26. The doors to the halls of power were beginning to open up. People like me walked through and for the first time felt like we belonged. And then they tried to shut the door on us. Oh, wow. They shut the door on her. She was working at the White House and she was ejected because she's black and gay and an immigrant woman. Did you know that? That's exactly why she lost her job. Had nothing to do with 65 million people voting uh, voting for Trump. No, no, no. 
It was all about her being a black gay immigrant woman. Um, in fact, here she is saying that again. Cut 27. The man who is now sitting in the building I used to work in hates everything that I am. A black gay immigrant woman. A black gay immigrant woman. And did you see on the TV show, I, I showed a million pictures of Trump with various black gay immigrant uh, people. Although I will say, I was not able to find all three in one. I found a, a white gay immigrant. I found a black man immigrant, but I could not find. So maybe she's on to something after all. Give me a moment, please. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Prince of All Media. I'm working on it. I got uh, a lot going on. I got an Instagram account with a significant following. You are the, the Twitter account, the book. Thank you for your support on the book, the TV show, and the radio. And uh, so appreciative of uh, management here and, of course, the listeners. And um, I just put something out about that crazy White House press secretary, not just Corrine Jean-Pierre, but the other guy named Kirby. There's something very ner- – he's like a game show host from 1966. You can see it on my on my Twitter. There's something not right about uh his demeanor. I just, there's something is like a time machine kind of thing. Uh, Jeff in Forest Hills. Hi there. Greg, you did a great analogy. Uh, Biden is not in, uh, over the law. I was thinking like he's in his green Corvette flying down the LIE doing 80 with an open tall boy between his legs and he's pulled over right now, has blow on both nostrils. So the cops just wait for canine and uh, uh, the tech guy, the guy that gives you the sobriety test. Because he can't get out of this. He's broken the law. There's no way. I don't care who his hook is, who who he knows, is he can't. Because that'll really set the government, that'll really set things on a different different narrative. No, I don't know, you know, man. The whole system, the whole system has been propping this guy up, all right? Whenever anybody praises him, I point out, it's not Joe. I mean, it's this whole colossal, uh, what do they call it, the, uh, the, the academy from academia to corporate to... Um, the deep state propping this guy up, but now I think they realize he's expendable. He's always expendable, but now he's more useless than ever before. And even when he made that denial yesterday, you know who was looking over his shoulder? Gavin Newsom. Younger, thinner, more articulate. Uh, what else? Uh, I don't want to say smarter, but um, ready, willing. No, he's not ready. Anyway, he's a younger Joe Biden, and he wants it desperately. All right? Thanks, Jeff. Oh, there's the music. Uh, when we come back, this evangelical thing with Trump, he really is onto something. And, and folks who believe, I think they, quite frankly, owe it to Trump. Don't flirt with uh, Ron DeSantis. He's not ready. Nikki Haley not ready. Mike Pompeo, forget about it. Not going to happen. It's Trump all the way, at least on this show. Give me a few moments, please. Many thanks. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, that's me. Hi. Ah, all right. All right. Hey, um, Donald Trump, he deserves our support, especially the support of evangelical Christians. Um you know, I consider, I don't know, what is technically an evangelical Christian? I don't know, I don't know the definition off the top of my head. You kind of, you know, you know the, uh, the patina, you know what it looks like, you know, 
But what does it really mean? Well, for me, of course, uh, I think I told you guys by now, I was up and down all over the place in my life. My faith was, um, you know, for a chunk of time in my teenage years, I considered myself an atheist. Um, that was pretty stupid. And then God grabbed hold of me, shook me around, slapped me across the face, woke me up, and I said, oh, boy, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on the wrong track here. But guess what? I went back to my old ways. And then all of a sudden he grabbed me again, slapped me around, saying, okay, come on, come on, come on, get on board. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely, yes, sir, of course, here I am. And then... I just kind of drifted away. Was that really the religious experience I thought it was? Uh, maybe not. Mm. And then finally, finally, Jesus and God together. Oh, boy, what a wake-up call. And it's been beautiful. Not perfect, of course, not perfect. But uh, everything has been better. So many miracles. And I am so grateful. You know, God has a a plan. He also has a sense of humor. It's kind of amazing how he works. It's totally amazing how he works. And who would have thought that a playboy, a one-time playboy like Donald Trump, you ever see uh, the documentary footage, the, the photographs of the 1970s and 80s? He was having a good old time here in New York City. And, yep, yep, that's uh, that's what the, that's, that's, that, that's fine, okay? But he was, um, you know, for some, a bit of a turnoff, right? The, the materialism. Some would argue the decadence. Oh, it's so gaudy. It's this. It's that. Uh, um, and this is the man who was able to throw out Roe v. Wade. He made it happen. And evangelical Christians for 50 years were marching on Washington, were writing those newsletters, were showing up, some of them at abortion clinics, were doing all the things that they could do. But their power was, uh, well, they didn't have much. The Republican Party, I think, paid them lip service, right? Yeah, we're on your side. Uh, not really. You know, Republicans have been dominated by the country club set. George H.W. Bush even writes about it in his own memoir. You know, it was either uh, going to politics or play golf and drink martinis. He thought politics would be more interesting. Um, his mom, his wife, Barbara was said to be pro-choice. They just weren't that passionate about the issue. And I think George W. Uh, wasn't even that passionate about the issue. Again, more into it for the game, the power, the fun, the fame, not to get something done. Most of them went in either to do something, you know, take up their time because they don't want to be idle rich, or to, um, you know, just be president. I'm going to show my dad. I'm going to be president. It wasn't about getting things done. And here along comes President Trump, who's been watching and observing so closely, seeing the strengths, seeing the weaknesses of our country, and thinking deeply about the issues, not running out and running for something. 27-year-old Joe Biden going out and running for the United States, right? Not like that. He had the maturity the depth of experience, the knowledge, the accomplishment, and, oh, yeah, the money and the fame. He already had all that stuff that the politicians want, that they desperately seek. And he made Roe v. Wade go away. He overturned. It was him. And he promised he would do it, and he did it. 
Who the hell else, by the way, puts out a detailed list of these are the judges I'm going to choose from when I become president? He did that. No, they don't do that. They don't every rule in their silly, phony playbook he got rid of. And really, from the start, he was with the pro-lifers. And here's proof. I don't know if you saw my show last night. You know, I love Ronald Reagan, right? But he kept them at he kept them at a bit of a distance. He didn't want to go all in on on pro-life. So right now in Washington D.C., there's the pro-life. Uh, what do they call it? The March for Life. The March for Life, and it's a beautiful thing. It's been going on since uh, the early '70s. And in uh, the Reagan administration, did Ronald Reagan go down and march with the marchers? No, he called them up on the phone. Same for George H.W. Bush. Made sure there was a picture of him calling him up on the phone and they'd set up a big jumbotron, you know, one of those giant TV sets. And we all see him talking to the crowd on the phone. Same goes for George W. Bush. And um, and then along comes Trump. <laughs> and what does he do? He goes right in there. He goes right in there, right down to the mall and tells everybody he's with them. Literally, spiritually, in every way, and not only showing up, but working, working. Cut 29. It is my profound honor to be the first president in history to attend the March for Life. We're here for a very simple reason, to defend the right of every child born and unborn to fulfill their God-given potential. Wow, huh? Isn't that amazing? And everybody cheered and applauded. And that was before we got Amy Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court. And he did it. This crazy, wild man with a penthouse on Fifth Avenue went into that sea of pro-lifers, the evangelicals. Let's face it, that's not the world Donald Trump comes from. And he made it happen. He gave it to him. And where the hell are they now? Huh? Where are they now? Where were they during the midterms? They just, <laughs> they just declared victory and stayed home. Thanks for nothing. President Trump noticed it. I think he's kind of heard about it and he should be. Cut 28. They got something that they've been fighting for for 64 years or many, many years. Right. And nobody thought they could win it. You know, they, they won uh, Roe v. Wade. They won. They finally won. And you know, I was a little disappointed because uh, I thought they could have fought much harder during the election, during the 22 election, because, you know, they won. And a lot of them uh, didn't fight or weren't really around to fight. And it did energize the Democrats. But a lot of the people that wanted and fought for years to get it, they sort of, uh, I don't know, they weren't there protesting and doing what they could have done. What a shame, too. And what a shame also for their own cause, because uh, they declared victory, went home, and they realized, oh, wait a second, uh, they're going to jam through this stuff uh, at the state level. Uh, Joe Biden wants to codify, sign into law that uh, abortion is uh, is legal uh, at the federal level. So the March for Life, by the way, I think, don't think they're going to the Supreme Court. They're going to the Capitol today. And they're all fired up all over again. Too bad. Too bad they weren't fired up in November. Hmm? Will they get fired up in – who are they going to go with, by the way? Who are they Who are they thinking about? Ooh, that Ron DeSantis is very intriguing. You know, I think it's time to pass the baton. 
You know, number one, uh, Ron DeSantis is a copycat career politician. All right. He is. Um, he can't hold a candle to Donald Trump. I, you know, maybe someday, but not now. And that goes for all this other crew. There are people who have declared, declared against Trump, essentially. We've got Mike Pompeo, big Mike Pompeo. I have had it with that guy. Mike Pompeo, former Secretary of State, CIA director, running around desperate for attention. Well, I'm going to give him some. Your joke stinks. And you should sit this one out. And I'm not interested in you ever becoming president after this display of uh, disloyalty. A display of disloyalty. Here's Donald Trump talking about Mike Pompeo in January of 2017. He just made Mike Pompeo the CIA director. And Trump shows up, President Trump shows up at Langley, Virginia, and tells everybody what an awesome man Mike Pompeo is. Cut 30. But I see six, seven, eight people for a certain position. Everybody wanted it. But I met Mike Pompeo. and was the only guy I met. I didn't want to meet anybody else. I said, cancel everybody else. He was number one at West Point, And he was also essentially number one at Harvard Law School. And then he decided to go into the military. And he ran for Congress. And everything he's done has been a home run. People like him. But much more importantly to me, everybody respects him. You will be getting a total star. You're going to be getting a total gem. Is a gem. Has anyone ever talked so glowingly publicly about anybody ever? And Mike Pompeo, who got everything from Trump, the CIA directorship, uh, Secretary of State, you'd be a you'd be a nobody congressman from a jackwater state if it wasn't for Trump. And here you are running for president, taking cheap shots at Trump. This says so much about you, Mikey. And by the way, how did you lose the weight? Ten seconds ago, he was tubby, and now he's literally anorexic. What the hell happened to him? And it's not a disease. It's like, oh, I'm uh, uh, eating right and exercise. Oh, yeah? Had to be a shortcut involved. And listen to this. Where's that uh, Where's that nasty little thing he said? I mean, it's not that horrific, but I think it's bad. Cut 31. This is Mike Pompeo in Las Vegas, of all places, trying to appeal to uh, uh, the Jewish coalition. Cut 31. It's good to see you. It's great to be a warm-up act tonight. <laughs> who, who knows? The next time we're together, we could be on a stage, multiple podiums. Who knows who else might be with us? Yeah. Who knows? And, uh, and, and, and who, who knows who will between us? And who knows what nicknames we might have? It's, uh... That's a dig at Trump. That's a dig at Trump i got to come up with a good nickname for uh, Mike, by the way. What's a good nickname? I'll come back to you on that one. Let's see. we got to get something good. He's wrapped very tight, and he flies off the handle. An NPR reporter asked him, like, a slightly thorny question, and he went irate. He almost threw her out the window. Total overreaction. And here's Nikki Haley. Ah, uh, Nikki, this is the corniest woman in the world. All right. And such a career politician as well. Here. Uh, let's see. Nikki Haley at the same event. Does she want to make brownies or does she want to be president? Cut 32. If Biden succeeds in getting back in the Iran deal, I will make you a promise. I've said it before. The next president will shred it on her first day in office. 
<laughs> you get it? She's a girl. Oh, she's going to win. Nikki Haley. Nikki. She writes this silly book repeating the Charlottesville lie. You know, the Charlottesville lie, one of the worst things. Oh, gosh. The whole system, the whole, all Donald Trump has are the people. Except, I guess, for the evangelical Christians who are going to sit this one out. You're going to invite uh, Mike Pompeo to that uh, some conference you have and, and think about it. What? Look at what Donald Trump did for you, huh? Look at what George W. Bush didn't do for you. John Roberts, thanks a lot. Now, then again, Sam Alito, too. But John Roberts has done so much damage. So I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is me. Um, all right. Are we done with it? Nikki Haley, right? Are we done with Mike Pompeo, right? Ron DeSantis, big future, but not right now. Okay. There. Um, watch that debate he did with Gilliam, Gillum, Gillum, whoever that crazy guy, the mayor of Tallahassee was. Who, oh, by the way, I think is going in jail. Um, he's a talented guy, DeSantis. Absolutely. Um, but he's a copycat and, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not on, I'm not on board yet. Great things are happening in Florida. Let him do two terms. Let him do two terms, two full terms. Then we'll talk. And who does this Glenn Youngkin think he is? He's only been uh, governor of Virginia for one year. And before that, I think he was a hedge fund guy, right? Hey, these rich guys, I can't take them. I can't take the rich guys. I can't take the career politicians um, and the rich guys, the billionaires. What's going on in Davos is getting creepier and creepier. And what the hell is the FBI director doing there? Well, how, how can he? Uh, what? Oh, yeah, the networking. That's right. Networking. Um what else? We went through uh, the Kareem Jean-Pierre thing. As for Alec Baldwin, uh, not looking good, but it doesn't matter. Remember uh, what a hothead the guy is, and uh, I guess they're talking about it to death on the uh, what the hell can I say about it? I'm not interested. But I am interested in Senator Tom Cotton. I like that guy, although why did he vote for that omnibus, uh, whatever the hell it is? Hmm. I mean, this is what we have guys like that there for. To stop that kind of stuff. 4,000 pages. Mm-mm. 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 Um, you know what is the real threat out there, folks? The real threat, 10 times, a thousand times worse than white supremacy, of which there are like three white supremacists in the country, and I think they're in jail. Black identity extremism. It's a real thing. It exists. And it's exemplified by a guy like Frank James. You know Frank James. He was in a bad mood. He shot up that subway last year. Remember? Frank James. And when he wasn't shooting up the subway, he was making YouTube videos. You know, getting his uh, his ideas out there. Cut 40, please. Cut 40. Do you know that Social Security is going to be insolvent in 2035? It is not going to be. That is not Excuse me. <laughs> That's not Frank James. Cut 40. Is Frank James. Okay? Cut 40. Yes? Useless white whore. Dirty white. You want to look down at me? You. No, right? That is black identity extremism. 
racism. It's horrible. It's intense. It's being encouraged by the left. Guys like Frank James and the nut job in Waukesha, Wisconsin. The FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, used to be all over this. They had a big unit for black identity extremists. But they don't even acknowledge that it exists anymore. They don't acknowledge it's been expunged. You can't use the term at the FBI. Why? Because Cory Booker felt that it was politically incorrect. It was politically incorrect. So they don't they don't talk about it anymore. But it's real. It's deadly. It's it's not like this white. I I can. Do we condemn white supremacy? Of course we do. It's just not a thing. Well, the whole country was based, you know, for slave owners. Stop with that. You know, what are we going to do? Cancel the planet? Are we going to cancel the planet? Delete the world? Because slavery was everywhere. Literally everywhere. Now, we did the right thing in America. We got rid of it. And we fought a war over it. And a lot of people died. Mostly white people trying to eradicate slavery. Do we acknowledge that anymore? No, we just uh, we just work ourselves up into a frenzy about the Robert E. Lee statue in some stupid square. Wow. The, the wheels have come off. The wheels have come off. But we're putting them back on slowly but surely. All right. Give me a moment. And uh, there's the music. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, so um, when's the last time you had to write a paper for uh, school or, you know, uh, yeah, college, high school, whatever? It was a horrible, horrible process. I hated it. Although one guy gave me some great advice, Father O'Malley. He said, if you don't write an outline, you are F. <laughs> okay, he used the F word, actually. I'm so shocked. Oh, my gosh, I'm a priest. But he said, if you don't write, you got to write an outline first. Yeah, outline's key. An outline makes the writing much easier. But it's still hard. This next paragraph, it took me uh, basically a week to write these two. I could, I just, it took a long time. But uh, are you because I there's a I had a thread and needle, all right. And I'm going to read to you that portion which uh, which was so tricky for me. Okay, uh, let's see here. When I was growing up and later serving my country in the military. I was always taught that the key to equality and getting along is, as Martin Luther King Jr. said, to judge everyone according to the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Treating different people differently, I learned, was the essence of racism. Today, we are being told the opposite. Being colorblind is just a way for whites to avoid dealing with their own racism. Instead of being colorblind, we are supposed to see color all the time and nothing but color. It used to be racist to treat different people differently, but now it's considered racist to want to treat everyone the same. Acting as though black and white people are equals, according to the new way of thinking about race, just preserves the deep imbalances that persist in our society, which is shot through with racism. According to this theory, the only way to undo centuries of racism is through more racism. Treating whites and blacks by different standards will, 
given enough time, help us achieve the equality that we have always talked about. If this sounds crazy to you, you are not alone. To listen to today's activists, you'd think that the last 60 years, the Civil Rights Act, desegregation, trillions of dollars in wealth transfer never happened. We are stuck eternally in the era of Jim Crow, which, according to President Biden, has not ended. In fact, he believes it is turning into Jim Eagle in states under Republican control. Back in the real world, of course, that fantasy of entrenched racism doesn't relate to reality. We live in a country where black people appear at the polls at a greater rate than white people when they want to. In 2008 and 2012, when Barack Obama was on the ballot, black voter turnout was between four and six points higher than white turnout. In 2020, black women and white men voted at exactly the same rate. There is no bar to voting in America except motivation. Anyway, the idea that we live in a country where the choice today, as Biden says, is being on the side of Dr. King or George Wallace. Do you want to be on the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Do you want to be on the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? This is offensive and absurd. I suspect a lot of people listening to Biden did not know who Bull Connor, a lifelong Democrat who was born in 1897, even was. But think about who's speaking. Joe Biden, who was born before D-Day and counted among his closest friends in the Senate, hardcore segregationists like James Eastland and Strom Thurmond. Sometimes it feels like liberals enjoy pretending that people who are 50 or 60 years old are former Klansmen who grew up in the days when it was normal to have segregated drinking fountains or to make black people stand on line for the bus or stand up and deny a seat to other black people in favor of white people. But your average 60-year-old white man today was an infant when JFK was killed. Listen to Donna Summer in high school and was in his 20s when Michael Jordan won his first NBA championship. It's one thing to acknowledge the importance of history and the past, but you have to at least admit that it's in the past. Phew. Anyway, uh, that took a lot of revisions and, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, you should have seen how my editor, uh, red ink, you know, red ink all over the place. So that was definitely not the first draft, but I am proud of it. Uh, the book is called Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong about Law Enforcement. And, uh, there's a lot there and a lot that uh, very, very, very few people uh, will say. They'll think it, but they won't say it. And I think I do it in an organized manner that I'm proud of. Uh, all right, let's see. Uh, Gail in Staten Island. Hi, Gail. Afternoon, Greg. You know, I was listening to your whole segment uh, yesterday on TV, but now I digress because you're talking about the people that are already dipping their toe in to run against Trump. He's going to pick them off one by one at the debate, like uh, Marcus Luttrell. So that's one part. But last night, watching Biden uh, with his there, there, I was really cracking up looking at um, pretty boy droid behind him nodding. I was thinking about the Democratic machine, and when Clinton gave his uh, famous, it all depends on what the word is, is. They're like the uh, party of double speak, and, you know, we have to uh, decisive through it. 
I like that a lot. I like that a lot. There's no there there. It depends what the definition of is is. I like that a lot. Yeah. And by the way, I didn't notice until this morning that that was Gavin Newsom. Uh, hey, Biden is speaking, speaking of which, at the White House right now. If he says anything, he's just, he's just, he's just vamping about, uh, what is he talking about here? He's talking to the Delawares. He's talking about, uh, investing in development. Uh, yeah, it's all that stuff. If anything happens, uh, uh Gail, I thank you. Everything else good? Yeah, I was listening to you speak about the, uh, the right to life walk. And I have to tell you, I was brought up, um, from my dad and mom, my mom was given away to the foundling home when she was a baby. But years later, she found out that her grandmother, she had a grandmother that was Irish. My dad made his bar mitzvah, but we, I was not raised in a religious household. We had a little Christmas tree and we had Hanukkah candles. All right. And as an adult, I decided <laughs> to, I wanted to become a Christian. So I went to the rectory and I had to meet uh, Sister Anne Marie, and she says, well, why do you want to be? And I started to tell her, and she said, stop right there. God brought you here. And uh, I became uh, the rites of the Christian initiation of an adult. How beautiful. How beautiful. And how about that sister? Did you say it was Anne Marie? Yes. Oh, what a beautiful story. What a beautiful story. So many people sharing stories, uh, negative stories about the church. I love it, Gail. I love it. Thank you so much. Okay? Have a great weekend. Stay in touch. Ah, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. All right, turn on Joe Biden just for a second. Bad guy when I was a senator and as vice president, a pain in the neck. Why do you have to go through the legislature? No, no, I'm serious. Oh, here we go. I'm deadly earnest about that. What? Because you go through the legislature, you can't blame them. They say, I want a piece of my district. But you can apply directly. When I wrote the cops bill years ago, you didn't have to go. Legislature, governor, you could apply directly. If you qualified, you got it directly. Another way to get money, money, our money. He's handing out our money. Carla in Cranford, New Jersey. Hi. Hi, Greg. Hey, I wanted to say that on Fridays, you always say about Russell Limbaugh taking calls on Fridays. So? He took calls calls all the time. Friday was open mic. Yeah, open line. Open line. I would take more. Well, I do it the same way. I take calls during the week, and I take extra calls on Friday. No, he didn't take extra. You didn't have to talk about the topic he was talking about. All right, Carla, whatever. I mean, uh, is this uh, is close enough? Give me a break. Gosh, you got to call the radio station to correct me on something I said that was positive about Rush? Call about so Would you things. cut me slab some slack, please? Ay, ay, ay. Did I tell you that I'm, I'm, I'm good friends with Rush's brother, David? I love that guy. Oh, gosh. Uh, somebody else called the radio station. Uh, they had a beef with something I said. I know, Carla, you weren't uh, being mean, but I do remember that there were extra phone calls on Friday, open phone Friday. They call it called it something along those lines. Right, Vito? Vito is calling from Staten Island, or shall I say Vito? Remember that in Godfather 2? Senator Geary, Vito Corleone. How are you, sir? Hi, sir. How's everything? Um, one thing first I wanted to say, that clip 40 you played, it sounded like Eric Adams speaking. But my the real reason I called, we had wait, Joe Biden what? out Who, there. Wait, wait, what? Clip 40 that you just played a little while ago. Of what? I don't... It sounded like um, you had the uh, that gentleman that was cursing or something like that. It sounded like Eric Adams. Useless white whore. Oh, that's... <laughs> <Dirty> white... <laughs> you think that sounds... Okay. Uh, what else is going on? 
Anyway, um, the real reason why I called, uh, we had Eric Adams saying that there was no, uh, not, we had Joe Biden saying there was no there there. Yet we have no one asking him, how did those documents get there? How were you able to get a hold of those documents? He was never supposed to have them in his residence, in his garage, in his office. Those, those documents were supposed to be viewed by him. He could have viewed them in extremely controlled uh, environment. Listen, listen, and listen, yet- listen, listen, listen. You know I, you know I can't stand this bum. All right, never should have been a senator. Never should have been a vice president. Never should have been a president. Um, part of this is a game. This is a game, and they're counting on the public, kind of being in awe and totally unfamiliar with classified documents. All right, it was said that you know, uh, first of all, we know that Donald Trump did nothing wrong. We know that. Um. I'm just saying it's not as airtight as people think, all right? And who are some other living ex-vice presidents? Who's out there right now? Um, hmm. Dan Quayle, all right? I bet he has some secret stuff around the house. Uh, who's another one? Al Gore. He might have some secret stuff around the house. It's just not as airtight. And I don't want to sound like I'm doing the bidding of Joe Biden. I'm not. I do think he's in trouble. I think having the lawyers there, what there's something bigger going on. And you know what I think, that this is an Obama operation. All right. But some of the stuff is getting ridiculous. You're doing the bidding of of, of, of Barack Obama, potentially. Did you see that picture of uh, Joe Biden in the Oval Office holding an envelope that said top secret on it? Did you see that? No, sir. Well, he's got one and they're all over his case. Like, you see this? He doesn't even know how to. I mean, he's at work with a document uh a lot of that stuff is is classified it's look i told you they 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 classified the weather report he's in trouble he should be but the swamp it's almost like your taxes it's almost like your taxes if i start going after your taxes you come after mine you could probably find something and you can make a federal case out of it somebody has authorized this i think it was barack obama Go find something on Joe. We'll make a federal case out of it because he can't be the nominee. You know it and I know it. And, oh, by the way, he lost a war in Afghanistan. So um, I know. I, I got to walk that line because I can't stand the guy. I'm not defending him, and I don't believe him. And the damn documents in the garage, that's a total disgrace. Anyway, I know that's a little bit contradictory. Uh, everything else good, Vito? All, is, all else is well, sir. Did you ever see Godfather 2? I've seen Godfather 2 and Godfather 1. I did not like Godfather 3. I hated Godfather 3. You're right. It's like a totally, it's like a totally different, uh, different feel, different texture. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's, they, they should delete that movie. Terrible movie. All right, Vito, thank you. Uh, let's pump up the volume one more time on, uh, this guy. We make here at the White House. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack, a former mayor in Iowa. All right, that was a mistake. All right, right, turn them off. I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
Does anybody really know who T.J. Holmes is? Is he now famous because of this scandal? And Amy Rohrbach, they're about to be, um, it looks like they're about to be fired over this. Is that fair? I, um, I gotta, um, I gotta cogitate that a little bit longer. I have, um, mixed feelings about the whole situation. Uh, but basically, uh, yeah, post me too. This is a very, very fireable thing, I guess. Um, all right. It is 2.51 on a Friday. What does that mean? I got one more show to do. I have a book party this weekend. It should be very, uh, uh, um, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be great. It's, um, let's see, what do we do here? Uh, I got a little bit of time. Tony in White Plains. Hi. Yeah. Hi, Greg. First of all, I, I agree with you a thousand percent with about Trump. Greatest president in our lifetime. But what I called about is if you want the pulse of what's going on in America, all you have to do is watch the movie, the planet of the apes, <laughs> watch judge Judy and watch, uh, the uh, game show, uh, Family Feud. All right, let's start with the Planet of the Apes thing. What do you mean by that? I happen to love that movie, the Charlton Heston version. None of these others. What, what's up? I do, too, but, I mean, you know, the the, the animals are putting the humans in prison, and they're, they're running the... Uh, they're running the show. You know. All right. I don't. I, all right, Tony. Uh, yeah, I, I hope you're not saying what I think you might be saying there, Tony. All right. All right. Tony, I got to move on. Um, Rick in New Jersey. Hi. Hey, Davos is Agenda 21. You can look up Rosa Corey, K-O-I-R-E, behind the green mask on YouTube. And she'll give Slow you down. What, all right. Uh, what what else? I gave I got Pompeo nicknames for you. Oh, good. Yeah, go ahead. How about Mike Pompous Peo? Mike I got to write this down. Pompous Pompeo. Ooh. <laughs> Mike Pompous Pompeo. Or, All right. Yeah. Or Mike Pompeon. Nah. Keep going. That's it. No. Pompeon. Like I want to do something. You know what? I was thinking about calling him Francis because he's wrapped way too tight. You know, lighten up Francis. But then you got to tell And a lot of people don't understand that. Mike Pompous Pompeo. That's uh, that's good in a tweet. I don't think you can just call him. Hey, Pompous. You know what I mean? Hey, 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 Lion Ted. Hey, Lil Marco. I don't think, hey, Pompous. That's not enough of a nickname. It's not bad, but it needs, I think, a little bit of tweaking. All right. Thank you. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Susan, Susan upstate. Hi. Susan, hello. I think she put us on hold. That's okay. Let's go to, uh, Mike in St. James. Hello, Greg. I heard on your, your newscast on ABC, the congestion pricing price now is going to be $23. I think it started out at 5 If you were mayor, would you fight to repeal this? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, congestion pricing. Uh, they've been toying with that for a long time, and now it's finally come. And, uh, no, horrendous. I would do everything in my power to stop it. I know that's a pet issue of yours. Do you make the commute very often, Mike? No, I'm retired. Well, nobody likes the idea, and you don't even need an easy pass. I'll send you a bill, and it affects me very, very much. They want to charge, I think, below 59th Street. I got to go. I live above 59th Street. I got to go below 59th Street every single day. So, yes, I'll do whatever I can. Uh, But I got to tell you, I don't trust the election system. The only thing that would keep me from running for mayor is my concerns that I won't get a, a fair up or down shot, you know, 
And today I saw like six different people who ran for office and lost. So it, yeah, I got, I got, I got a little nervous. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, just remember, Alec Baldwin did not pull the trigger, according to Alec Baldwin. Cut 34. It wasn't in the script for the trigger to be pulled. Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. So you never pulled the trigger? No, 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 no. I, I would never point a gun at anyone and pull a trigger at them. Never. never. That was the training that I had. You don't point a gun at me and, and pull the trigger at Mm. The district attorney says otherwise, and she has a, a FBI report saying it's impossible that he didn't pull the trigger. Cut 33. There was such a lack of safety and safety standards on that set um, that there were live rounds on set. They were mixed in with regular dummy rounds. Nobody was checking those, or at least they weren't checking them consistently. And then they somehow got loaded into a gun, handed off to Alec Baldwin. He didn't check it. He didn't do any of the things that he was supposed to do to make sure that he was safe or that anyone around him was safe. And then he pointed the gun at Helena Hutchins, and he pulled the trigger. Can we? Can you imagine... Alec Baldwin being careless, I just, it's so hard to believe, isn't it? Um, yeah, he's in very serious trouble. I notice his wife, Hilaria, the most obnoxious woman in the world. You know, the big phony who's like from, uh, I think she's from Montclair, New Jersey, but she tried to tell everybody she's from Madrid and she was on TV and she didn't know the word for cucumber. She is a world class phony and so insensitive. You know, yesterday, Alec Baldwin is charged with killing a woman and she, that was a mother, mother of two children. And Hilaria is posting all these beautiful pictures of her kids on Instagram. That is the most extraneous, useless, you know, unnecessary thing to do. But she does it on that day. That's wrong. Don't you think that's just a, that's, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, all right. Final call. Sorry, everybody else. Adam in Jersey. Hi. Yeah, hi, Greg. Uh, thank you so much for taking my call. You're doing a terrific job. You're like the next Rush Limbaugh. That's how you're terrific. Uh, something that you've touched on, but in a roundabout way, I want to sort of bring up. I think the reasons, uh, the, the, the reason why the Democrats and the far left want to take God and religion out of the public square, two, two reasons. What are the things that God tells us to, to do? You got to go quick, pal. Us. The music started. Go ahead. What are the two reasons? <laughs> To help people without expecting anything in return. And the other thing is that God is loving, caring, compassionate, but he's also fair and just. So he's not happy with what the Democrats are doing. I don't think so either. And oh, by the way, the state, the state, the state should be the God, according to Democrats, right? Depend on us. You need nothing else but us, the all-powerful state. That sounds like the Soviet Union to me. It doesn't work here. Thank you. I'll see you tonight. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.